The following program is being brought to you on the Green Talk Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit thegreentalknetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Moyer's Environmental Dialogues, Ocean River Shields of Achilles, with your host, Dr. Rob Moyer. Find out what others are doing and what you can do to create a greener and blue planet Earth. Now, here's Dr. Rob Moyer. Hello. Today we have on the episode with us the New England Climate Summer Writers. Uh, Margaret Fetz Rogers and Sarah Finkel and Bliss Parsons and Ying Chen uh, have taken the summer to ride bicycles throughout New England. Well, we're going to hear where they're riding uh, in an effort to spread the word and build coalitions in support of climate change action and living a more carbon less footprinty uh, lifestyle. Um, let me say a little bit about uh, Sarah and Margaret and Bliss and Ying, and then um, we'll ask. We'll, uh, I'll introduce you to them. So uh, let's see. Margaret is from North Carolina, and she's a sophomore at Simons Rock College, and she has been involved in the Matthews, Massachusetts Youth Climate Movement through Students for a Just Able Future where Margaret participated in sleepouts on the Boston Common. She hopes to spread the climate movement, and she's thrilled to be working in New England, which is setting the precedent for environmental consciousness and legislation. Also on the phone is Sarah Finkel, who comes to New England Climate Summer ready to get things done in Massachusetts. Sarah hails from North Andover, Massachusetts. She's so excited to be making changes in the local community. She just finished her freshman years at her freshman year at Williams College in Williamstown, and there she's been involved with the Campus Garden and Students for Social Justice and the non of oh, the environmental group. This is where Sarah first became involved with Students for Justice and Stable Future, a path that led her to Climate Summer. Sarah is a religion major and plans to work in farming, foods, systems and environmental and social activism. Ying Chen is coming from China, and she's received a Bachelor of Science degrees in environmental science in 2007. After graduation, she worked as a consultant in a clean development mechanism consulting company in Beijing, which aims at developing renewable energy projects that, that can generate CO2 emission reductions that can be traded with European countries under the supervision of the UN Framework on Climate Change. Ying has been engaged in developing several wind power and hydropower projects in southern China. Currently, she is pursuing a Master's of Art, Arts degree in Environmental Science and Policy program at Clark University in Worcester 
and has just finished her first year of study there. Ying likes swimming, biking, hiking, walking, reading in her spare time, and she's excited that New England Climate Summer has supplied a great chance for her to work within nonprofits to take action, as well as working with communities to address climate change. Margaret, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Rob? Good. So um, are you standing in the middle of Davis Square, or, or where are you currently standing? I'm currently sitting noise. in a parking lot that um, abuts the farmer's market of Davis Square. Okay, so that's what's going on behind you. What uh, is the, um, tell us a bit about who you are and, and what you're doing to stop climate change. Well, uh, we at New England Climate Summer are a group of students volunteering two months of our time to uh, bike from town to town to build a movement to stop the climate crisis. That is so great. Um, Sarah, how are you? Sarah, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. And um, how are you building this um, this effort? Well, this is the second year that Climate Summer has happened, and last year what they realized was that the biggest room for improvement and really the only way to get a movement going is to work in the communities with the people and not really be forcing things on them or telling them what's best. So we're really going from town to town, and we're collaborating with the local groups. We're pushing to get people to join their local groups and support the efforts that their local groups are doing rather than, you know, telling them what to do or how to do it. I was fortunate to catch a glimpse of you at the, uh, of the four of you at the Diesel Cafe in Davis Square. So I've got a clue of what's going on. And, and Margaret, you were talking a lot about um, how we are capable. What was that about? Well, I mean, I think that we as a society are capable of making these changes. We can't just expect the people above us to 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 uh to ordain that it is that we're ready for this. We need to show them that we are capable of making these changes. We are we're able to cut our CO2 emissions. We're able to live in a more stable manner and we're able to uh that we're ready for all these great things that we're calling for from them. So this is truly grassroots. We have four or oh, three college students and a college grad um, reaching out to the community, right? And Yes. Um, it, that's, we want it to be, to involve every aspect of the community. We're working with faith groups. We're working with existing environmental organizations. We're working with schools. We're working with anybody who's interested in the climate movement or something that maybe has a similar goal of the climate movement, but they don't even realize that what they're doing is related to the climate movement, like biking groups or other, or people working on for social justice. So we're trying to engage the whole community. And really, when we go to our legislators to tell them what, what it is we want from them, we want to be able to say it's more than just a group of college students. We want to say it's the whole community who wants this and who really needs this. And and also you were telling me about the, 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 the way you're reducing your carbon footprint is on a bicycle. Uh, yes, we're biking everywhere we go this summer. And we're carrying everything that we take with us on our backs and in our trailers. So you were saying I don't need my automobile because you're able to carry some uh, stuff? Yeah, yeah, I'm capable of carrying it, carrying everything, um, everything that we need without it. Um, Okay. Uh, 
Sarah, you were talking about portaging the equipment. Right, exactly. This was um, a really sort of eye-opening moment. When we first headed out, I guess you guys will hear more about this later, but when we first got dropped off at our original destination, it took um, an SUV and a sedan to hold all of us, all of our bikes, and all of our stuff. But it's all the same stuff that we pull on our own anyway ever since. So we've showed that, you know, you can – cars aren't any more useful than bikes are. And, in fact, bikes have been more useful for carrying stuff. So that's been great. But wait a second. So Together, there are four women on bicycles that we are carrying as much as what? All of the stuff that it can carry, all of the people it can carry, we have the power of, of your car. Wow. That, yeah. that is really inspirational. Uh, what else can people do to lessen their carbon impact? or to help climate change? Well, we're hoping that, um, you know, a lot of people know about, you know, um, changing their light bulbs or, you know, whatever, they, the little things in their house. But we're really hoping that people will band together and take this as an opportunity when they see, um, when we highlight sort of the efforts their communities are making to take town or statewide or even federal action, which could be in the form of a federal resolution or a town resolution to say that they want clean electricity and then follow through with that because Massachusetts does have the ability to power itself with clean electricity. Um, so we're really hoping that people will take this as the spark to really get a movement going and band together, not just make changes in their personal life. Yes, that's excellent. Uh, Margaret, um, oh, so um, th this... Uh, New England Climate Riders, New England Climate Summer Riders, comes out of some a, a number of activities that you all have been doing uh, before this summer, right? Like, uh, yes, New England Climate Summer is actually um, it it's run through Students for a Just and Stable Future, which uh, has until this point been in Massachusetts, but is expanding to all six New England states this coming year. But what it is, is it works with um, with the community through the leadership campaign and also through students all over the state to, um, to tell our legislators that we want a change now. Um, we actually have a bill right now in the state legislature that's calling for a task force for clean energy, 100% um, clean energy by 2020. And this January, we're going to be introducing a bill um, into the state legislator, legislature that calls for, that is beyond the task force, that actually physically calls for 100% clean electricity by 2020. Wow. And, and Sarah, what kinds of activities have you been doing to draw attention to the, the need for legislation? Um, well, on a statewide level, we participated in sleepouts, which are um, basically where you have a group of students sleep out in tents. We did them on Boston Common in front of the State House so that, um, you know, all the government could see us. But the point of a sleepout is to protest the dirty electricity that powers our buildings and tell our government that, um, you know, we need a better option. We can't keep living in coal-powered buildings. It also is a form of solidarity with um, people, who refugees of climate crises around the world. And um, it's also just a sign of how we can live more simply and sustainably. So we would have these sleepouts in Boston Common and also on campuses all across the state and now spreading across the country. And um, that sort of had a, a good way of attracting media and really um, – 
telling the legislators what we wanted. When we were in Boston, we also were able to then go from the common to the state house and lobby with our representatives. Yes, OceanRiver.org has been promoting those activities in front of the state house, uh, where we, you know, there was a time last spring, I guess, when Bill McKibben was here, and we walked with him from um, MIT to the Boston Common. And what impressed, impressed me, Sarah about, and Margaret, about your group, the leadership campaign's work, is how that there on the Boston Common must have been students from 27 different universities and institutions. It was really impressive. Did you yeah. get a count of how many places are represented? Um, SJSF is active on, yeah, right about 27 campuses in the state. And it was pretty fun because Margaret and I both come from the other end of Massachusetts from our schools. So uh, people were pretty excited to see that we'd made the trip all the way three hours out from the western border. Right. You're in, uh, you're in Williams, at Williams College. And Margaret, uh, where are you? I'm at Simons Rock College in Southwestern oh, yeah, Mass. So you two are the the far, you know, northeast and I mean northwest and north and southwest corners of Massachusetts, aren't you? Exactly, yes, we are. It it was okay. quite an adventure. I have to cut you off, Margaret, because we have to out. have a break and we'll be back after the ad. This is the Green Talk Network, helping to provide a sustainable future for us all. Connecting local stewardship with global support, the Ocean River Institute is a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping people and groups make a difference where they live and work. We believe that many environmental issues can best be addressed by people taking action in their own communities and regions. It's not the large national entities, but the small, localized, or newly formed groups that often need help to achieve their goals. That's where the Ocean River Institute comes in. We maintain a network of eco-stewards and ORI partners, connecting them with resources and services to help them maximize their impact, expand their capacity, and weather unexpected setbacks. ORI actions and events offer opportunities to make a difference, to go the distance, and you can volunteer to be an ORI eco-steward. To discover more, visit us online at www.oceanriver.org. That's www.oceanriver.org. The Ocean River Institute is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to helping people and groups make a difference where they live and work through environmental stewardship and science. For decades, we've been made aware of environmental issues such as climate change, overpopulation, and habitat destruction. How can we stay engaged and active in helping to prevent these issues from becoming insurmountable problems for our children and beyond? Tune in to The Earth Guardian. Each week, Sherilyn Viteze will cover the issues and discuss what is being done and how you can make a difference without too much effort to improve the quality of life for everyone on Earth. Tune in Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Green Talk Network. 
Two views. Different topics. Questions. Answers. News. And advice. You'll want to check out Ecoman and the Skeptic live from Philadelphia University. Every week, join hosts Rob Fleming and Chris Pastor as they tackle a different topic on sustainability. You'll hear all sides of the issue supported by guests who provide valuable insights. Get ready to be engaged, educated, and entertained when you tune into Ecoman and the Skeptic. Broadcast live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Green Talk Network. Keep listening to the Green Talk Network for the latest in the sustainability and green movement for all of our futures, today and tomorrow. The Green Talk Network. Spread the green. You're listening to Moyer's Environmental Dialogues. To participate in today's discussion, you're welcome to call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You can also send an email to rob at oceanriver.org. Now, back to Dr. Rob Moyer. Hi, we're back with the New England Climate Summer Writers, and we've been talking with Margaret Fetz Rogers and Sarah Finkel. And in a moment, we're going to bring on uh, Ying Chen, and then a little later on the show, Bliss Parsons. But we're talking about um, with Sarah about the the efforts of the leadership campaign that preceded this summer of bicycle riding. And Margaret had said how that they'd come in from all corners of Massachusetts. Uh, Sarah, um, what other kinds of activities besides uh, vigils at the Boston Common has the leadership campaign been doing? Um, Well, so aside from taking legislative action, we also wanted to make sure that we were working in the communities, as I was saying earlier. And especially for us out, the leadership, or SJSF is divided into three regions. And for Western Massachusetts, it is a hike to get to Boston all the time. So we also worked on um, weatherization events out on our corner of the state where we learned about how to weatherize and then started getting involved on weatherizing places so that we could be taking some, you know, immediate action. And the advantage of weatherization is that it um, makes your furnace more efficient so you're burning less fuel? Right, exactly. So that um, we're, we want to change our electricity sources, but it's also easier to change our electricity sources if we're using less energy in the first place. Yeah, that's really important because some of us feel terrible about the furnaces we have in our basement heating our houses, and we can't afford to replace them, but uh, perhaps you have ways to help out. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's, a lot of communities have weatherization now, so it's a really easy thing to um, try out in your house. We're talking with the New England Climate Writers, and um, Sarah uh, Finkel and Margaret. Uh, is Ying on the phone? Yep. Hi, Ying. Hi. Um, you bring Sarah, a particular perspective to this of uh, coming from China. Yes. Yeah. I'm from central part of China uh, about one year ago, and I got involved in this program this summer, which is very exciting. Are you still there? Someone hung up, but we're... That was fair. Yeah, good. Um, And tell me about how you came to have a bicycle for this ride. Oh, actually, it was about several months ago. One of my peers uh, in Clark University, and she 
go to talk to somebody in this program and told me about this um, exciting uh, movement that I can get involved in. So I applied for it. And um, yeah, that's it. That's how I you know got involved with um, this pretty exciting. And the program was to repair bicycles and make them more accessible for people? Oh, yeah. Actually, we are uh, trying to encourage people to ride bikes to reduce, you know, our uh, using the fossil fuels. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty, you know, uh, uh, kind of a green light for us. And um, actually, also because I'm from China and I didn't have a bike here, and uh, the bike here can be very expensive. So uh, also there are lots of, you know, uh, exciting programs in uh, Worcester. Uh, uh, that is where I came from, and uh, they have uh, like a organization called Another Bike, and uh, I can go. People can go and volunteer there to learn the skills of how to fix bikes because they are, it was sponsored by our local community and they try to encourage people to use bikes. And they have uh, tons of uh, secondhand bikes, and uh, we help you know fix them and uh, to learn the skills. And after ten hours, we can earn a bike by ourselves. So, so you earned a bike for yourself. By yeah, yeah. spending okay, hours, hours working on yeah. the bicycles. Uh-huh, and also met lots of great people there. Now, do you have special uh, photaic uh, engines, or do you have something special on your bike because it's uh, a climate-aware bicycle you have? Mm-hmm. Actually, we have taken all kinds of uh, tools with us and uh, to fix, uh, like, the brakes, the tire, and uh, any parts of it. So yes, yes, I was, have- I was noticing that... Bliss's eyes were opening wide, saying, yes, and you can change the tires and do all these wonderful things. So you must be a great person to have on the trip. Um, Yeah. Who else is on the phone with us now? Uh, It's still here. um, uh, Margaret is on the phone also. Margaret, um, can you tell us a bit about how the the bike ride began? You you began up in New Hampshire or something. It did begin in New Hampshire. Our our climate summer internship is uh, nine weeks long, and the first week is a training week that we did in central New Hampshire in a town uh, called Wilmot, New Hampshire. And we were in a Presbyterian uh, camp, and we did some work first day. We painted some buildings and helped them put their dock in the um <laughs> in the lake uh, to help uh, as our stay. But after our week of training, the three different teams, there's an Eastern Massachusetts team, a Western Massachusetts team, and a New Hampshire team, we all went our separate ways, and we are going to be biking uh, usually to one town a week for the rest of the summer. And uh, we we went from central New Hampshire to North Andover, Massachusetts. I understand there are like thirteen people in the in the different teams. There are there are thirteen interns or riders all together, and we're split into teams of uh, four and one team of five. Excellent. So off you went from Wilmot, New Hampshire, south to North Andover. What happened in North Andover? In North Andover, we did a number of presentations at elementary schools and middle schools, and we um, we also got to meet with some community organizers who are working on uh, building new green schools in North Andover and uh, recycling projects and lots of very interesting things. There's a, there's definitely a building movement there. 
That's great. Recycling is so important, I imagine. Uh, yes, and we were really amazed when we went to all of the schools. All of the children were very uh, informed about recycling. One of the schools, even, they um, they take old tires, they take old tennis shoes to create basketball courts, they take old clothes and donate them. These schools are really reaching out and trying to, uh, trying to teach the children uh, renewable ways to live their life. It's excellent that the New England Climate summer riders can bring attention to, um, to the efforts of local communities like this. Uh, Ying, where did you go after um, North Andover? Um, after North Andover, we went to our Gordon College and attended our conference there, um, which was a Methodist um, conference, annual conference, and um, they were our sponsors to support our program. So. We went there and stayed there to do some photo petition and did some other uh, advertisements as well as some uh, network with the people there. That's great that the church groups, the Methodist mm-hmm. church groups, could be so supportive. Are you staying here in Somerville at a Methodist church too? Yeah, actually, we are now staying in at the first uh, congregation, uh, congregational church uh, in Somerville, and which is actually a UCC church. Right. Mm-hmm. That's good, though. But but that that they do get together at Gordon College, the different, uh, the Methodists and the UCCs and the UUs, and uh, this is great. So you had an opportunity to network with a much wider group of people than just the community of Gordon College or Beverly. Yes, it was um, it was really great because we would very much like to extend New England Climate Summer to all of New England next summer, and so we got to meet people from Vermont. Vermont and people from Maine, and we got to make contact with them, and hopefully we can go to their communities uh, next year and be able to speak and grow our movement there as well. That is terrific. Uh, Ying, um, what has impressed you most about so far about this trip? What did you like best? Oh, I beg your pardon? What has been... um, what has been a good moment for you during this trip, during this climate summer? Oh, actually, um, in recent years, there have been lots of extreme weather events happening in China and especially in my hometown. And nowadays, in recent days, from May, and there has been like uh, floods in southern area in China, which um, includes 10 provinces. And uh, my hometown was also get, um, you know, it's one of the places that has the disaster. And... Uh, and uh, today I got the news that there are 40,000 people being trapped by the, in the flood. And the government has to send the troops, you know, to get people out. And also in northern China, there are, the weather is extremely hot, and, uh, which is very abnormal. So uh, since this, all these kind of events ha- are happening, I feel, you know, so desperately you want to do something. You know? But right now, I, as I'm in the U.S. and studying in the master's program, so... But I want to do something since I cannot go back to China, so I feel you know, very excited to work here in the program to work with local people here because um, wherever I'm, I am, uh, as long as I can contribute to some to address uh, climate change issues, I feel pretty excited about this. And, Thank uh, you, Ying Chen. We'll be back yeah. right after this break.
listening to the Green Talk Network for the latest in the sustainability and green movement for all of our futures, today and tomorrow. The Green Talk Network. Spread the green. Connecting local stewardship with global support, the Ocean River Institute is a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping people and groups make a difference where they live and work. We believe that many environmental issues can best be addressed by people taking action in their own communities and regions. It's not the large national entities, but the small, localized, or newly formed groups that often need help to achieve their goals. That's where the Ocean River Institute comes in. We maintain a network of eco-stewards and ORI partners, connecting them with resources and services to help them maximize their impact, expand their capacity, and weather unexpected setbacks. ORI actions and events offer opportunities to make a difference, to go the distance, and you can volunteer to be an ORI eco-steward. To discover more, visit us online at www.oceanriver.org. That's www.oceanriver.org. The Ocean River Institute is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to helping people and groups make a difference where they live and work through environmental stewardship and science. Sustainable design is a term that has become commonplace as we strive to improve our quality of life and at the same time do our best to be good to our environment. Where can we turn for answers? Tune in each week for Savvy Structures and Sustainable Living with Dr. Lisa Whiplinger. Our program is a practical guide to living better and living in harmony with our surroundings. Topics range from architecture to water resources and community building. Savvy Structures and Sustainable Living, broadcasting live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Green Talk Network. It's football, pop culture, and everything in between. Get ready for the Game Plan with Anthony Heron, a.k.a. Big Ant. Anthony has a background in college and professional football and brings the player, coach, and broadcaster perspective to this weekly roundup of the top sports news and events. Big Ant wants to hear from you, too. Tune in to the Game Plan with Anthony Heron every Tuesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Sports Channel. It's game time. Thank you for listening to the Green Talk Network. Help to spread the green by involving your family and friends. You're doing your part. Now help them think green. Spread the green. The Green Talk Network. You're listening to Moyer's Environmental Dialogues. To participate in today's discussion, you're welcome to call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You can also send an email to rob at oceanriver.org. Now, back to Dr. Rob Moyer. Hi, we're talking today with the New England Climate Summer Writers. And phoning in to us right now is Bliss Parsons, who's one of the four writers. And she is a sophomore at Mount Holyoke College, and she lives up the road in Newbury, Massachusetts, I think. Bliss, you there? Yeah. Hi. Hi. So um, we we heard about, Ying told us about coming into... um, Gordon College and working with the churches and 
mm-hmm. uh, then I, 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 you went on to um, Somerville. Now you're in Somerville. Yep. And uh, what, what's the scene in Somerville? What are you guys doing in Somerville? Um, this week we're really busy. Um, we're actually at a farmer's market right now, and we're talking to different local community members, um, doing some photo petitioning. And then tonight uh, we're actually having a meeting with the mayor and having a photo op. And then we're going to a climate cafe talk. And then tomorrow, uh, actually Thursday, we'll be at the Living Green Festival and doing some presentations and climate theater there. Uh, Saturday, we got a growing center climate community organizing training, um, which is at the Somerville Community Growing Center on 22 Vinyl Avenue. Oh, great. And then... On Saturday, we have a sea change screening at the Somerville First Church, 89 College Ave. And then yep. at the church we're staying at, the First Church of Somerville, we're having a presentation on climate change um, and our team in Somerville and what we're all about. And that's at the Somerville First Church, 89 College Ave, um, on Sunday, June 27th, uh, 11 to 2 p.m. That is a full schedule. It is. From farmers <laughs> markets really to reading movies fun. to, yeah. And so. you were telling me that when you go to the farmers market or when you go to public events, you do some photo petitioning. What's that? Photo petitioning. Um, we have these signs saying things like, I support 100% clean electricity by 2020, or I support a green community. And we walk up to random people, and we ask them, we tell them, give them our spiel, and ask them if they'd hold up the sign for um, a photo. And then we collect all these different photos and present them to different people, legislative leaders, um, and we post them up on our website on Flickr. And just to show how many people we can get who support these um, these things that we're talking about, the, the movement. And it's just a great way to show the numbers of how many people we get holding these photos. At Gordon College the other day, we got over 100 people to um, hold wow. up the posters. So. And so does that mean over 100 photographs, or are they mostly in yeah, pairs? Yeah, over, over 100 photographs, but actually more than 100 people, because some of the photographs have groups of people holding the signs. So it's a lot of people just at one event. That is, what is your website? Where do people go our to web- learn more about it? Our website is newenglandclimatesummer.org, and then you can read about um, our organization, and from there you can check out our blog, which is called Pedal Posts from the Road at wordpress.com. There's an <laughs> easy link right there um, on climatesummer.org. And then from the blog, you can read all about what each team's doing, where, where we're going, how the different adventures are going, uh, different mishaps, fun things, um, and different achievements along the way. And then from the blog, you can actually uh, find a link right there to our Flickr account, which has all the different photos from each team that we've collected along the way of just different things photo petitions and different um, events we've been to and different areas we've biked through. 
Um, we also have a YouTube channel um, that you can access from um, the blog. And well, I can see it on your homepage, too. I can see it right here on NewEnglandClimateSummer.org. Yeah, There's a right blog there of a bunch of women homepage. with their fists up in the air. I guess it's men and women. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a YouTube. Yeah. And then we also have a Facebook page for um, all you Facebook goers. Um, it's just if you click um, search on Facebook, Climate Summer, it's right there, and we have updates daily on um, from each team, uh, posts from the blog. And we also have a Twitter account, and that's just fun little updates from each team. We try to post on Twitter at least twice a day, so it's really updated. Let's see. Um, and then also you can check out the Leadership Campaign website, which is um, the, organiz- the campaign which um, is sponsoring our um, organization, the Students for a Just and Stable Future. And yes, Sarah and Margaret told us about some of the efforts of the Leadership Campaign in Boston and uh, Weather right, and so right. forth. So that's it's their just, site. Yeah, it's such a great organization. Um, so you can check that out, too. Um, so we're really all over the Internet. We have a lot of resources going for us. Excellent, excellent. Well, it's fun seeing, you know, so are you, are you going, yeah, so you'll be posting those petition photos and um, maybe you'll snap some little videos or something? Yeah, we're going to try to take some uh, videos today. We got, we're working on that right now. The different teams have been super busy. So we haven't had a lot of time to shoot video, but uh, we'll try to do that today. Um, maybe videos of, I don't know, meeting the mayor or um, walking up to people and asking to do photo petitions, just random fun things. Um, well, you four are so photogenic that I hope you try to shoot each other, too. <laughs> no, not really when we're biking after 40 miles and then we're all sweaty. It's no, 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 but now standing sometimes. in the farmer's market, you know, when you're, work, when you're in front of other people and you're working with communities and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, especially with our bright orange, safety orange shirts on. It's quite a scene. <laughs> Those are great shirts. They really stand out. I hope that's... Yeah, that was the point, because when we're riding around, we really want cars to see us, because, I mean, it's a little dangerous all summer riding on the, on our bikes on the, some busy roads. So. Though I do have to say, in Somerville, we've been loving the bike lanes. We adore those. We're having so much fun getting around. We go practically as fast as the cars. Yeah, yes. so it's really great around here. Um, we've seen a ton of bike culture a lot of people on their bikes instead of on their cars because really you're on a bike in a city, you're going as fast as the cars because of all, you know, the stops. Um, so it's so much fun to, you know, you're riding alongside a car and then they have to stop and you can keep going and you get to your destination sometimes faster than cars in the city. So Yeah, I live in Somerville cool. and we've worked hard to paint, you know, lines on the road for the, the bicycles. And then I've gone, I've testified to the mayor and other groups saying, look, we'll use your stores as long as you have a bike rack in front. You know, we, we like to use our bikes, but we need a place to park it. So it's, right. it's getting there. It's getting there. It's mm-hmm. so great not to have to drive to work, but be able to ride a bicycle or walk and stuff. Yeah. Um, awesome. uh, Bliss, what's one of the high points for you about this trip so far? 
a roller coaster ride physically emotionally mentally um i guess sort of a fun thing is that i'm not an athlete by any means um you know i go to the gym sometimes at school but i've just it's been amazing to see you know what my body can do i'm just you know that average american person who just doesn't really exercise but I've just hopped on my bike and just committed to it. And I'm already, I'm seeing, you know, my muscles getting defined. And it's just, that's one personal thing, I guess. Um, well, it's great to have a reason that you're not just doing it for the exercise. You're doing it to save the planet from of course, too much carbon the in the atmosphere. Of course, that's behind it. If I didn't, you know, <laughs> I would not be able to bike 40 miles a day just for exercise. But with the motivation, <laughs> it's, you know, you can do anything. It's so really you were telling me the four teams are going to converge in Boston. Right. Um, on August 8th, I believe, um, the three teams are converging in Boston. We're all riding in um, to celebrate the end of climate summer and just to see each other again because we've, we're only going to get to see all three teams in our beginning training, which happened, and then at the very end. So we're going to have a party and uh, anyone's welcome to come and meet us and um, celebrate with us in Boston. So, so the link- if people want to meet some really fit New England climate summer riders, <laughs> the date is August 8th, and the website is newenglandclimatesummer.org. One word, newenglandclimatesummer.org. And uh, they got photos there so you know what the orange shirts look like to look for. And if you happen to be driving through a community or going into your own community and you see four or a number of people in orange shirts talking, you know, acting kind of unusual, um, stop <laughs> in, say hello, and hear what they have to say, right? Yeah, please. Um, we're out of time, but Margaret and uh, Sarah and Ying and Bliss, it's really inspirational what you guys are doing, that you're taking nine weeks out of your summer and you're getting by at no pay, and you said you're trying to live on $5 a day. Thank goodness for the churches for putting you up at night and stuff. And uh, thank you for all you're doing. We're so glad we were able to talk to you, and we're very glad to all the communities that are welcoming us and uh, allowing us to try and try and uh, talk with them and bring them into the movement. Thank you. So for Healthy Skies, this is Moyer's Environmental Dialogues. Until next time, thanks for listening. The Green Talk Network is here. Spread the green. All together now. Connecting local stewardship with global support, the Ocean River Institute is a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping people and groups make a difference where they live and work. We believe that many environmental issues can best be addressed by people taking action in their own communities and regions. It's not the large national entities, but the small, localized, or newly formed groups that often need help to achieve their goals. That's where the Ocean River Institute comes in. We maintain a network of eco-stewards and 
ORI partners, connecting them with resources and services to help them maximize their impact, expand their capacity, and weather unexpected setbacks. ORI actions and events offer opportunities to make a difference, to go the distance, and you can volunteer to be an ORI Eco Steward. To discover more, visit us online at www.oceanriver.org. That's www.oceanriver.org. The Ocean River Institute is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to helping people and groups make a difference where they live and work through environmental stewardship and science. again for joining us this week on Moyer's Environmental Dialogues. Please tune in for more with Dr. Rob Moyer next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Green Talk Network. We'll talk again then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Green Talk Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit thegreentalknetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.